Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Uh, the panelists today, we have two uh, great people we're going to be talking to. Uh, RC, uh, Celia uh, Hubbard, who is a Chicago Regional Office Assistant Veteran, Veterinist, and Employment Officer. So a very important person over at the VA. And we also have Crystal White, the VA Certified Rehabilitation Counselor. So these are two critical jobs for our veterans, and they are supporting them every day in their jobs. And so today, we actually uh, are going to be discussing VRE mental health counseling regarding the impact and challenges during and post-COVID-19. Uh, so I am so honored to have uh, the, te- you know, the both of you on and to, to, to be talking about this uh, important topic. So, um, Celia, what, 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 what would you say to start off? Well, to start off, I would just say it's a it's an honor to service veterans and assist them after being so much going through the service and serving the country, and then we're able to provide services to them that will allow them to get over the hurdles that they may have incurred during their military service and helping them achieve employment that's going to be suitable and the right fit for their next phase in their lives. Okay, fantastic. And then, Crystal, what what are your what what's your opening comment? <laughs> I'd like to second that. I can't think of too many more rewarding um, positions to be in, and I'm also honored to be able to do that as well. Fantastic. And, then, you know, what, you know, for people who are out there, we have so many military acronyms and all that. What is VRE and how, what does that mean? Uh, so it's VRE, Mental Health Counseling. Can you define that more? Shall I take it? Oh. Yeah, you can go ahead. Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so VRNE is Veteran Readiness and Employment. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the mental health prospect, in order to get into the program, veteran has to have a service-connected disability in order to apply. And so we focus on the area of that disability and how it affects each individual specifically and what services may be applicable to them. So sometimes you may have to guide them to counseling at the VA hospital or other VA organizations like veteran centers. Um, they just offer that extra support that even sometimes veterans don't realize they need, you know, after thinking they're coming back the same way they left and not and that not necessarily being so. Mm-hmm. So we yes. focus on those aspects where they need that additional support. Okay, so this is this is really uh, you know going above and beyond just the general men- mental health services, right? Because now you're talking about COVID, and you know many of our veterans had uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, or were dealing with other things like depression and you know other kinds of mental health issues. And and then you have the family support mechanisms that are there. So the caregivers sometimes have you know uh, other issues that they encounter, especially during the COVID you know uh, pandemic. Uh, so, you know, or Celia, what, what do you think is the key um, key issue right now with the pandemic? How has that changed the mental health uh, landscape? 
Well, I, I have to speak from a VRNE perspective uh-huh. because we don't specifically, you know, focus on mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, we focus on every aspect. But as far as the mental health, um, one of the hardest things is, you know, not having that face-to-face interaction. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you're online and strictly um, virtual and trying to meet with individuals, you don't have that um, feeling where you get to know them. Pers- you know, on the computer, it's a different feeling. But I'll let Crystal speak more on that because she speaks more with the veterans directly. So maybe she can give more insight with it. Okay, Crystal. Great. What are your viewpoints? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you asked as it pertains to the um, post-COVID environment, I think you said? Yeah, so the COVID, how, how has that really transformed the mental health issues um, and how we contend with them? And especially, you know, coming out of the uh, pandemic. So we had issues we were dealing with during the uh, initial phases of the pandemic, and by no means are we out of it yet. <laughs> we have variants out there and all kinds of things going, and still people who are resisting uh, becoming vaccinated, uh, which is giving us additional issues to deal with. But, you know, during the pandemic, there was, uh, you know, pre-pandemic, uh, they had mental health issues that we were contending with. And then during the pandemic, I can only imagine they intensified. We know that we had a, almost a 50 percent increase in, uh, you know, deaths due to opioid overdose. We had uh, people who were, um, you know, in uh, situations where they were dealing with uh, more intense issues surrounding depression. Uh, we even had some issues about domestic violence that may have uh, escalated. So. Those kinds of things happened during the pandemic, and now in the post-pandemic period, as we're opening up, people still have, you know, grief, you know, that they're going through. They had, you know, loved ones who passed away. They couldn't have funerals. They couldn't travel to see family members who passed away. Uh, they couldn't uh, visit family members who were sick in the hospital. So there are a lot of emotional undertones here. Um, so how how do you think that this landscape is playing out? you know, for our veterans? And what does the, you know, what does the VRE mental health counseling, uh, it, has it transformed itself? Has it changed? And you were t- mentioning telemed- you know, tenem- telemedicine uh, medicine or te- te- uh, telemental health uh, services, and that it may not be the same thing as, you know, touching a patient, being in a room with them, telling them, you know, you can see them and you can uh, feel how they are. Um, so how has that transformed things for us? W- what kind of world are we in now? Sure, sure. I would say um, I, I would say there definitely was some transformation, and there and there probably was some elevated, um, you know, mental health level of mental health um, distress um, due to the isolation, um, you know, being on lockdown and all that. Um, I would like to um, re- reiterate what Ursula said, which is that you know, in VRNE, it's the Veteran Readiness and Employment Program. We really do focus on our, our services revolve around um, return to work. So it's, there's a lot of vocational counseling. Um, although we do provide some adjustment counseling, um, I would say we were making a lot of referrals to the VA Medical Center when, when, when it comes to the more mental health um, type of issues versus the career counseling. We do do a lot of referring to the VA Mental Health Center, and they were really there and up to the task. They had their telecounseling, you know, their, their telehealth telecounseling, um, set up, you know, as well as the VRNE, we, our counseling services were also, um, we didn't skip a beat. We were already up and running and ready to provide counseling services via telecounseling. But I would say there definitely, you know, was, um, a need, a little bit more of a need to be referring folks 
to touch base with their therapist if they didn't have a therapist to have them, um, you know, to give them a referral to maybe establish some counseling over at the VA Medical Center, um, just for that extra needed support so that they can focus on the things they needed they need to do to complete the goals of their their vocational plan with VRNE and um, you know reach their employment goal. Yeah, you know, and, and a lot of people, you know, right now we're trying trying to decide, and uh, actually I'm in one of those businesses right now where people are trying to decide whether they're going to still continue to work from home or they're going to work in uh, the workplace. You know, people are, you know, trying to decide whether they're going to go back to work. People are trying to find new jobs. Is this a challenge for you? Because with the vocational counseling, I can imagine you're you're dealing with a different kind of work environment that's out there now and what kind of uh, employees they're looking for. You know, how has that uh, impacted you? Has that changed the way you do things? Do you want me to take this, Priscilla? Yes, please. Okay. Um, I would say, you know, I, I would say it wasn't as challenging as you might think because, again, we were already up and running um, in a, revo- a remote environment. We were still open to the public pre-pandemic, but we also – we're providing services remotely already. So we were already up and running and established. We had, we had just about everything set up. And a lot of, um, a lot of the time, the veterans prefer to receive their services remotely as opposed to having to deal with traffic to get, you know, to the VA um, location, to the regional office or the, you know, or the VA medical center. Um, a lot of the veterans do prefer the telecounseling. In fact, I haven't had too many requests to come in and meet in person, even though now it is an option if they want to. Okay. And so, so how, how does, um, how, how, so give me an example of if, if I'm a veteran and I approach the VRE, um, you know, program. Um, so, you know, Ursilia, how, how would I approach that program and what can I expect? What would they do for me? Or, you know, take me through sort of like a typical kind. And I know nothing is uh, typical anymore these days. Everything is so Uh individualized, but you know, in general, what kind of things could I expect? So typically after the veteran applies, we'll set them up with the counselor and the counselor will go over them, you know, step by step, provide them orientation of the program, focus on their disabilities and, identify where the issues are or where their weaknesses are as far as entering the job market. Do they need mm-hmm. an area of education or have they had some education that would allow them to go into employment? Or in some cases, um, we've had a much lower employment rates due to the pandemic because a lot of jobs or businesses have shut down. So that's affected, affected the outcome, the end outcome in some aspects. So we have to focus on making sure that it's going to be a job that regardless of if an issue like this occurs again, that they will be able to overcome that. So we're going step-by-step step to address each issue and make sure that they're most employable once they complete the program and that we've done all that we can do to assist the veterans. Okay. Has it been any more difficult? You know, I was mentioning some of the, the things that people are going through right now, um, you know, they may have lost loved ones, family members um, as veterans. And if they had PTSD or if they had other things going on, you know, prior to, uh, you know, entering the VRE program, do you see any special needs, you know, that are above what you would see pre-pandemic uh, that, you know, special areas that have changed a bit or that you would, 
uh, like to see resourced in a different way? To some extent, there's um, sometimes a greater amount of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people just worrying about can they care for their families like they would need to or, you know, reserve that income. So um, there's been some increase somewhat in that aspect, just the overcoming the anxiety and things like that. So our job is to, you know, on top of the education, we provide that that security of income as well because we do pay for education and then they're able to get the BAH based on that. So mm-hmm. that kind of alleviates some of those issues that come across. Yeah. And, and do you have to, as a veteran, do you have to have meet certain criteria to, to uh, be able to apply for the VRE program or is it, you know, how does someone, um, you know, apply for it and how are they viewed as far as being accepted into the program? Well, like you spoke on before, that's the individual aspect. So the focus is, you know, they have to have a service-connected disability of at least 10% or higher. And so we look at those disabilities and how they affect them going into employment. So it's more so based on, you know, their discussion that they will have with the counselor during that orientation and entitlement process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, say a veteran is um, 70% for PTSD and hasn't worked in, in, um, you know, two or three years or so for whatever reason, we just look at all those factors and, and help them to the best of our ability. So applying is really simple. They would just go in uh, to ebenefits.gov and put in the application and be set up with, to meet with the counselor. Okay. And so ebenefits.gov. Um, is, uh-huh. there, is there any uh, phone number or any other uh, place they can call you know, if they have more questions? Yes, we have a direct line. Um, our number to our office is 312 312- Mm-hmm. 980-4458. 4458. Okay. And you want to get that number one more time for those people listening. <laughs> yes. It's 312-980-4458. Okay, fantastic. Um, so so, um, so the, what kind of vocational um, rehab topics do you cover? I mean, there are different, so many different disciplines and types of work employment that are out there. Uh, what kind of things do you, do you, uh, you know, typically encounter in uh, the veterans who are going into the work environment? Any special? I'll take that one. If, oh yeah, sure. Oh, I'm go, sorry. Ahead. go ahead, Crystal. If you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the services are based. The services provided are based on um, the veterans' occupational interest, aptitude, and abilities. Um, you know, after it, once they um, undergo the orientation and then if they're found during the initial evaluation appointment to be entitled to a program of services, um, before that initial evaluation, they would have been asked to take a career assessment. And so we'll review that the results of that career assessment in terms of what it has to say about the individual's occupational interest, aptitude, and abilities. We'll um, give them some career counseling and guidance on that. We'll show them how to research occupations further we'll have them um, research a few um, you know they'll they'll do the research we'll show them how to do to do the research and they'll spend quite a bit of time researching different occupations they'll look at different job postings that are current in the labor market right now just so that they can make a really well-informed decision about um, what career would be a good match for them and also compatible with any um, issues that they have due to the effects of their disability condition. 
Oh, fantastic. You know, because, you know, one of the things that's in a general job market, too, uh, you know, at, at many companies, they have, um, you know, sort of uh, a veterans hiring program. And what they try to do is to sort of match. And when you were talking, you know, when you were saying based on their occupational interests, uh, aptitudes and abilities, I was thinking automatically of, you know, your MOS designation. You know, so what is your military occupational specialty and how does that translate into the civilian world? and uh, into the private sector, um, as well as the public sector, because some people remain in the public sector uh, after transitioning. So uh, that, that's really interesting. Um, that does a person necessarily, if they have a disability, do they have to follow the same occupational line they were in before? Um, or is there, you know, is there some uh, flexibility when people start considering other fields of work? I mean, I would say definitely, um, you know, it definitely lends to transferable skills if they do do something that builds on that or relates to that. But a lot of the civilian sector doesn't as closely relate to what a veteran would have done in the world of, or you know, in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, administrative, there's going to be a lot of uh, transferable skills and there's a lot of, you know, leadership, things like that. There are a lot of, of skills that transfer but there are a lot of ways in which the civilian sector is very different, and it is pretty flexible. Again, we, um, I wouldn't say that I not, myself necessarily, I will take into, you know, as a vocational rehabilitation counselor, I will take into consideration what they did and what they liked about that, what they didn't like about that. But, you know, again, we're really kind of looking at the current situation and what is in their current, within their current interest, aptitude, and abilities Keeping in mind, there is a certain number of um, months of benefit time that they're entitled to. So we want to build on whatever the veteran has brought to the table. You know, a lot of veterans have completed some or all of a college degree while in the military. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, we like to, to the best extent possible, build on what they have. But if what they have um, is, 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 is not compatible if, you know, if, if, if their, their background, if what they did in the military simply isn't compatible now due to the uh, impact of their disability conditions. And there aren't a lot of transferable skills, like for instance, something physically strenuous where the veteran is no longer able to perform physically strenuous job functions. Then we, you know, might look at something that's pretty different than what they did in the military. Yeah. You know, Crystal, can you go into a little bit about more about the, you know, the time you were mentioning that they have a benefits or some time uh, element that's uh, associated with this? Um, you know, you were saying that they may have, uh, you know, certain amounts of time where they are covered, you know, uh, uh, during this. Because I'm not sure of what the, you know, what the actual time frame is for, you know, the uh, VRE program before someone, you know, you know, this starts the program and when you, they expect it to complete it or, is there an expectation of a certain time limit? Um, so, so okay. um, all services. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you ask Crystal or me? I was disconnected and I didn't hear. Oh yes, Crystal. Yes, <laughs> I was asking you about. <laughs> so sorry about that. No, sure. Because you had mentioned some the of time. It. You know, you had mentioned the time uh, elements and uh, that benefit right. time and that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, what what's the expected time? Uh, length of people being in the program, you know, once they start and have been accepted into it? It really depends on what their needs are, what their occupational goal is, and what is needed to achieve the objectives of the goal. So, you know, some folks, 
you know, for instance, um, the IT field, they may be generally employable with an associate's degree and maybe some industry standard certifications that is more of a short-term situation than a bachelor's degree. So their training program is going to be shorter than someone else who needs to have um, a longer period of a degree, you know, like a bachelor's degree or even a graduate degree to be generally employable in the field they identified as being suitable and compatible. So it really just depends. Um, You know, there is a little bit of flexibility um, if a veteran qualifies to maybe if they are just short of enough time to complete what, you know, to complete the educational training they need to be generally employable, there might be the possibility of an extension of benefits if certain criteria are met. Okay. Yeah. And I want to add to that. I think Chris might have missed some of the questions. So generally, if somebody hasn't used any education benefits, they would start out with about 48 months okay. of time. Okay. Um, there's usually other education benefits that may be available to them, such as post 9-11 or Montgomery GI Bill. And those are generally 36 months. So if they've used the, those types of benefits previously, we would have to consider that amount of time that they might have used towards a degree already. And in cases where somebody has it, they usually come into the door with 48 months, which usually is enough time, four years for a bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. or maybe they have a bachelor's degree, then they can apply some of that time for um, further education if it's deemed to be needed. Oh, boy, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking of a much shorter time than 48 months. <laughs> that's a, that's quite a bit of time, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, one other thing, you know, and, uh, you know, Orcelia, since you were mentioning that, uh, I was wondering, uh, you know, people come in with different levels of disability. So it could be 10%, it could be 50%, 90%, 100%, right? And then you have mental health disabilities and you have physical health disabilities. So I was thinking about, um, you know, both are extremely important. And But for the physical health disabilities, for people who've lost a limb, uh, are there special services that are offered as well, you know, to supplement what they're doing? Uh, because you may have to work with a prosthetics team or some other um, avenue of, uh, you know, occupational therapy or, or training for people to be able to uh, uh, get employed? Or do you have any kind of linkage with that group, or how, how does that work? That usually works through, um, we do have a program that's focused on independent living. So if it's affecting them to the effect that maybe they can't go to work, and we, have, we do look at the independent living track mm-hmm. and look at services that might assist them with being more independent just in the home or outside of the home or wherever the name may may be. Mm -hmm. So um, the way that we usually do that is referring to the prosthetics team with the hospital side um, or whatever physician they're currently working with. You know, um, if it's something to do with their vision, then we're looking at the, sending them to the um, the vision claim to assist them with those services. So whatever it may be, you know, we'll, we'll send them, refer them specifically to those, expert, but we do try to help and, you know, middleman and help through the process. Okay, fantastic. We have about uh, about a minute and a half to go. And one, one of the things, and it's always too short, uh, because this is a great and valuable information for our veterans and their families, because you're not just helping a veteran when you're doing, um, you know, your VRE mental health uh, counseling and work and helping them to get back in the workplace. You're helping the entire family. And so, you know, God bless you for what you're doing. And, you know, uh, I guess you were saying, e-ben- you know, ebenefits.gov is where people should go, you know, to find out about this and sign up. And also that number was 
888-344-4458. But I'm going to start with you, Arcelia, and I want you to give a couple of comments, and then Crystal, you can follow right after her. And this, you know, any last words that you want to mention? What? Why is this program so important for our veterans and their families? It's very important because, I mean, I know there's probably too many to count, but, you know, if you can just hear some of the testimonies, some of the lives that we've helped and changed for the better, just some veterans, you know, they come out and they just have no idea what they're going to do. You know, their frustration level can, um, you know, just be outrageous sometimes, and we want to be that support that they need. So our focus is that, you know, we kind of help keep that frustration down and that, um the anxiety down and help them just return to life as normally as possible. Because sometimes there is a, a lingering effect that does affect the whole family. So whatever we can do in that process, um, you know, if there's any veterans that out there that feels like, you know, they have no idea what to do and they can't hold a job, then the RNA is available. Okay. And we have about 10 seconds. (laughs) So Crystal, go ahead and say something, you know, about that. What do you think? Sure. You know, it's about helping veterans um, to earn a living. And obviously, that's very important for both them, their families, and also for the community that they live in. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's an invaluable po- program. So thank you so much, uh, Chicago Regional Office of Veteran Benefits Administration. Uh, we have two incredible uh, people talking to you. Uh, Ursilia Hubbard, who is a Chicago Regional Office Assistant Veteran Readiness and Employment Officer, as well as Crystal White, who is a VA Certified Rehabilitation Counselor. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit AmericasHG.org.